The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And a second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them this question, What do you think of the Messiah? Whose son is he? They said to him, The son of David. He said to them, How is it then that David by the Spirit calls him Lord, saying, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand, until I put your enemies under your feet. If David thus calls him Lord, how can he be his son? No one was able to give him an answer, nor from that day did anyone dare to ask him any more questions. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please have a seat. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Uh, so it's always, I love getting to be here on a Sunday. I love, one of the huge perks of being a school chaplain is that it allows me to get to spend time in congregations um, on Sunday mornings. And, and there's something really amazing about this particular congregation. And I know I've told some of you that before, but if you've not heard it, um, please hear it from me. This is a remarkable group of human beings that are out there trying to do the will of God through love and service and connection. Um, and I want to remind you of the simple truth that here um, we believe if it's not about love, it's not about God, right? And that, to me, is such a beautiful message for the world. So I'm grateful to Bill. It's especially awesome that I get to be here with you today. Like, that, that rarely gets to happen, because usually they go out of town and say, hey, can you come? And Okay. Um, for those of you that don't know me and I, don't, I haven't gotten to know you yet, um, I am a school chaplain, so I'm around teenagers all the time. And that should probably tell you everything you need to know about me, okay? Um, I spend a lot of time with, with teens. I spend a lot of time with, I teach middle schoolers and I lead chapel for over 600 people. And at my daily attendance at the church I serve is plus 600. So I have the biggest attendance, in, now that, granted it's mandatory, um, but... Uh, my daily attendance is through the roof, and I, I'm proud to say that. Um, but it, working with teenagers is really cool. It's really remarkable uh, because um, I get to see a piece of their lives that, that not everybody gets to see. I get to see them with their highs and their lows and their in-betweens and their not-so-greats and their really amazings. And 
Um, if there's one thing that I know for sure about working with, with young people, it's that, that they are really, really special and beautiful and amazing. And it empowers and encourages me every single day. Working with adolescents is powerful work, right? It is so incredible for us as people of God to remember the adolescence of our own existence. I heard it said this week um, that, that we're really standing on this platform of humanity trying to reach out to divinity. And what a great reminder that this platform of humanity for all of us has involved adolescence, right? And, and I don't know about you, but there's definitely some years of adolescence that I would like to forget. <laughs> but there's also some great times, too. There's some great lessons and some great people and some great connections. And I thought a lot about the idea of adolescence um, this week as I was getting ready to, to preach to you today because I was really aware that last week you celebrated your second um, anniversary as a congregation, right? And I don't know if church years are anything like dog years, um, but I like to think that, that entering your third year of life together as a congregation is church adolescence, right? So I did a little research about, yeah, let that sink in for a second, <laughs> you bunch of unruly teenagers, you. And, and so I thought about it, I did a little bit of research around the idea of adolescence, and I came across something from one of my all-time favorites, a, a preacher by the name of Frederick Beekner. Beekner, who was also a school chaplain uh, and, and, a, and a, a prolific writer and, 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 and very eloquent and beautiful uh, person and artist. And, and he, he reminded me this week um, th that the word adolescence actually comes from a combination of Latin words that means towards growing, towards growing. So when we think about adolescence, what we think about is this truth that as human beings, we are going towards growth. Now, I don't know about you, but that doesn't just apply to my 15-year-old self. That applies to this current incarnation, too. We're always growing toward something. And as a congregation, you are constantly growing toward this love of God that is so present in this community and in your own individual lives. And that, dear ones, is a powerful and beautiful truth to hold on to. And it's exactly that spirit of adolescence that I think is what Jesus is addressing in the gospel today. I think there's a whole lot going on in the 22nd chapter of Matthew's gospel. But I think that, that you, you need to be aware that, that Jesus is teaching his disciples and all of these different groups of people this one simple idea over and over again. And I think it shows up in us as faithful people even when we least expect it. Now, Bill mentioned earlier that we met on the island of Kauai, and I think both of our reputations had kind of preceded us, right? And so it's almost as if some higher power had in, intended for us to serve on this tiny little island 3,252 miles away from the Pacific coast of this, these United States. 
And once we finally got to, to, to know one another, we immediately connected on this deep and spiritual level as friends. And, and I don't have to tell y'all this, but once you get past the teenage years where friendship is the currency of the realm, <laughs> it is harder and harder to find those people in your lives that, that show up in ways that are beautiful and loving and true with a capital T. So immediately when Bill and I got to be friends, I knew that there was something about this friendship that would last. And I'm, I'm grateful to say that that's been true. But you know what? I had a toddler at the time, speaking of growth, <laughs> and she saw it too. My daughter Cooper at the, at the time was maybe three or four. And Bill and I were hanging out. I don't even remember if it was my house or his house. And I don't even remember what we were doing. But my, I do remember that my daughter was being a toddler. <laughs> and I was really frustrated and impatient with that. And I said, you know, Cooper, you need to do this or that. You need to, whatever it was that I was just so hung up on in the moment. I said, you need to do this. Because I'm your father and I said so. <laughs> And she said, Dad, all I want to do is hang out with this. <laughs> and so I'm always grateful when I get to hang out with this and now this. And, and, and I think the thing that, that Cooper saw in, in Bill and, and, and I saw in Bill and I see in those people where those relationships are, are built and, and founded on the truth with a capital T, with love with a capital L, all the things that God kind of moves in our lives. When, when we recognize that in each other, we know we're on holy ground. And this is what we're called to do as the people of God. This is what Jesus is teaching in this 22nd chapter of Matthew's gospel. Now, a little bit of, of formation around the 22nd gospel, a uh, 22nd chapter of Matthew's gospel. He's not hanging out with friends necessarily. I like to think that, that his friends are around him supporting him, but there's Pharisees and Sadducees, and if you remember from last week, Herodians, and all of the people who are out to get him. These are not his buddies. These are not the people um, who, who are really encouraging and building him up. These are the people that are testing him and challenging him. And one of the things I love about Matthew's gospel is that he takes all of these groups, these, these really influential and powerful groups, and he somehow puts them together as if they belong. And they do not. I mean, these are as disparate uh, groups as could possibly be imagined. Pharisees and Sadducees and Herodians, oh my. <laughs> and so at the end of chapter 22, things have finally kind of broken down to the point where they do what human beings do when all things are broken. They send in the lawyer. As a law school dropout myself, <laughs> I particularly love this. I love that they send in this lawyer to test, test Jesus. And the lawyer goes up, probably hands clasped nicely like many of my middle schoolers coming to ask if they can go to the bathroom. <laughs> Teacher, which commandment in the law is greatest? 
Well, that's a slam dunk, easy question. Everybody would have known the answer to that. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And the second is like unto it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Jesus goes right back at the lawyer and those that would challenge him with a very simple explanation, a very simple task that is the core of who we are as human beings. Love. Love God with everything that you are and all that you can be. Love God and love your neighbor. And while you're at it, love yourself. Let these things guide you on these two commandments, not suggestions. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Love. In all things, put love first. Every single day when we wake up, give thanks for the breath that we have been given, we have the opportunity to go out into a world and share that simple task with, with them, with this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And while you're at it, love your neighbor as yourself. Not long ago, I read a quote from Langston Hughes that really sums this up for me. I remember the first time I heard this quote, it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I knew that it was speaking a truth that was as big as the two commandments that Jesus told that lawyer. Langston Hughes said, anything but loving leaves a rust on your soul. We are called to love because everything else is too corrosive and disconnected to not do. We are called to love because as human beings, we need to share it because we need to receive it. Every single day, we are given the opportunity to practice these two great commandments in everything that we do. Love is patient, even when I am not. Love is kind, especially when I am not. It does not envy. It does not boast. It bears all things, hopes all things, believes all things. Love never ends. This is who we are, dear ones. And I think I have unlocked the secret for how to do this in our busy and often complicated lives. And it's this. We trust that we are loved. We pay attention to the truth that no matter what, nothing can take away that wonderful gift, which is the love that God has put on us since the beginning of time. We are created in the image and likeness of God. To put that another way, we are created in the image and likeness of love with a capital L. This is who we are.
our hope, our prayer, our daily work is to go out into the world reminding everyone that we meet that if it's not about love, it's not about God. And we, this is all about love. Amen. time there was a world where a woman and a man roamed the earth in peace and harmony side by side and hand in hand change of season and the serpent came spread delusion through the line Men and women in disharmony Striving to see through jaded eyes Where love is the way And the sunlight rules the day Where hurt yet pain Our emotions never Seen. I'm traveling on this crazy road of life Sometimes it seems I've lost my way Stumbling through the darkness of the night Trying to see the light of day Where love is the way and the sunlight rules the day Where hurt can pay Our emotions never seem Where love is the way And love saves the day Love is the way And love saves the day Yes, love Love is the way Love is the way